Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. And this is Holly and Amy and Kristen. (laughs) We are so thrilled to have another guest on this episode with us today that honestly inspired us because he was not politically involved, active, aligned in any way, has a military background, learned at a young age, obviously, that you followed the orders of, of the commander in chief. So he was not political. And Kristen, Amy, and I have said for quite a while now that we hate partisan politics. We say it before every episode, we hate it. We think there's corruption on every side. And I think now as citizens, as mothers, wives, we just want the truth. We want to know what's really going on. We want corruption exposed and we want integrity brought back into our political systems in transparency and honesty. And Kristen and Amy uh, happened to meet our next guest, which they're going to introduce, and heard his story. And as we have followed him, we found that we're on very similar journeys. The journey to find out what's true, take a stand for the truth, take a stand for freedom in this country, and to bring some common sense and some good old-fashioned thinking back to American culture. So Kristen, Amy, I'm going to let you guys introduce Tony. (laughs) Well, we met Tony uh, when our husbands actually gave us a wonderful gift for Christmas, and it was learning how to shoot guns with the expert of all experts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we love Tony. Like he taught us not just about gun control and gun safety and shooting and feeling empowered um, to protect ourselves. But he also taught us a lot about just safety in general, which is so important these days. But even during that process, we learned a lot about his his background. So, and to say that he's got some military experience, that's like the understatement of the year. (laughs) Oh gosh. We heard some stories. It's it's good stuff. And we really want to hear more. So without further ado, I think Tony is going to be able to explain so much more, but I love that he's gone from not being political to now even running <laughs> for house. So Tony, yeah, with, with, okay, Tony Calvin, that is your last name. I just said, here's Tony. <laughs> we'll turn it over to you. So uh, yeah, Tony, well, tell us, tell us like how, like tell us a little more of your journey and background so people kind of know who you are. Yeah, well, um, you know, I was born and raised over in Pamlico County. So Eastern North Carolina kid. And, uh, you know, we're going to join the army, see the world, and then go about as far as Fort Bragg, that sort of stuff. <laughs> First, I, I joined the military. I was, I was at NC State. I was not having a good time. I, I joke. I've, I've joked that 
you know, I was not doing that well or whatever. And, and the reality is I was making about the same grades in college as I did in, in high school. Uh, just, it wasn't, it wasn't my thing. I, I had a hard time sitting in class. I was that very outdoors, want to go do something type of person, even as a kid. Some might say I'm, I'm worse now. <laughs> but uh, so when I was young, you know, my dad let me watch Rambo First Blood, and I just always wanted to be a, a Special Forces soldier. So I withdrew from college and enlisted and went after the path to get that funny Green Beret hat that, you know, the hat that Special Forces wears and was successful. And then, of course, not too, too long after I finished the whole training process and wind up on my on my first team, the uh, the wars kicked off. 9-11 happened. And I don't think any of us at the time really thought that that was that was the way things were going to go. You know, it was a mostly peaceful world. Little tiny skirmishes here and there. You know, no one was it just wasn't on anyone's radar that 9-11 was going to happen and we were going to go into war in Afghanistan and then ultimately Iraq and Libya and Somalia and Mali and, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, you know, we, we had a lot of wars going on there. And uh, so that all happened and it, it just kept going one deployment after another, I was injured. Uh, I broke my back and thought my military career was over. And that, so that was in, in 04 and in, late 04. So I was, I didn't think I was going to be able to walk very well again, if, if ever. And that turned out not to be true, but being a, a young, uh, for lack of better terms, a young and dumb soldier, instead of seeking good medical care and using my VA benefits, I tried to keep it quiet because I wanted to go get healthy and then come back in the military. Right. And I was worried that my medical records would stop that. Looking back, I was, I was ignorant on that process. So I pretty much rehabbed myself. I took a job over at the State Department, and then I wound up going ahead and transferring the rest of the way over to the intelligence agency, the CIA, if you will. And within a year, I was, I was running again. And, and so I took a job over there where I've worked on and off as a contractor since. And uh, during that time frame, I opened a gym down in Wilmington, and that's how some of us are once connected via our friend Jana and all that. Right? <laughs> Met some awesome people down in Wilmington, and you know that business was was successful, and we we helped a lot of people. That was that was a cool thing. That that gym gave me a place, uh, an avenue. We used to offer gym memberships to combat veterans for free, you know, to give them that that physical therapy because physical therapy equals mental therapy. And uh, so we, we were able, I, I was, I was blessed to have an opportunity through that gym to help so many people, not just veterans, just, you know, health and physical fitness is such, such an amazing thing, you know? So that was an awesome endeavor. We, Melissa and I, my girlfriend, we bought a place out here in Harold's, North Carolina, a little bit of acreage, a place where we could let the dogs run around and, I can sit outside to do podcasts on the front <laughs> porch type of thing. And uh, that's when I started the firearms business. 
but at least definitely shifted my focus over to that because I've, I've always taught some classes I would go teach with friends or you know whatever but it wasn't my focus <clears throat> so bought this place out here built the range out back and went full-time in between deployments uh teaching folks how to shoot and expanding that second amendment and and you know kristen like you said empowering people to defend themselves mm -hmm. and you know let's face it we still live in a mostly safe country there are places where it's almost a war zone some some of our inner cities and stuff throughout the country but for the most part like wilmington's a mostly safe place until it isn't right we don't want to be a statistic so you know, it's funny, a lot of folks think because I'm some special forces guy or whatever, I only train like a certain level where I actually enjoy teaching beginners as much as I would a much more advanced, you know, super trooper force in the military. So the opportunity to train you guys, I love that stuff. You know, I have two sisters. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the rose between two thorns, I think is the old saying. <laughs> Uh, so I'm the middle child between two wonderful sisters and I always think about their their safety so that's how I relate to trying to help other ladies because the reality is you know there is some differences physically between the average male and the average female right no, um, really? some of the really? some of our we sports, think that now right? I, so, you can't say that now Tony apparently we <laughs> cannot talk about that. Right. Um, you know it, 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 well, I think that that physicality definitely shows when men compete in women's sports, right? They, they, the, the, the worst men, man's male swimmer, you know, can still beat some of the best female swimmers. We just saw that. And that's sad. But either way, we digress. When, it, when a woman has a gun, she levels that playing field. And that's what that is. That's that empowerment. And, and I get it, if, if you're, you've gone through your whole life and you've never shot a gun, you didn't grow up like my sisters and I, you know, my dad had my sisters and I shooting when we were all babies. And so if you don't have that as a woman, it can be a daunting thing. I, I see it when new shooters show up, they're nervous. So we try to break that down right off the bat. I, you know, I try to tell people like guns aren't, are no more complicated than a cell phone. Actually, they're exponentially less complicated than a cell phone. <clears throat> Certainly less complicated and require less coordination to use than a motor vehicle. And yet somehow all of us, even though we probably shouldn't, text message and drive. Mm. <laughs> right? It's Most more of Statistically, right. yeah. We shouldn't do it. Some of us do. But the point is, I try to relate to folks that, Firearms are not complicated and safety, not complicated. Just keep it pointed in a safe direction, not at you or others. And don't press the trigger when you don't intend to. And so I try to make it nice and easy and fun. And, and I certainly think we had that uh, uh, that day out there. You guys, <laughs> you guys were a blast. And, and that's about, right? That's the feedback. Because let's face it, whether I'm teaching force recon marines or a couple of young mothers right it's still the same thing yeah. i don't have your audio 
Yeah, you do. We hear you. Can you not oh, hear you us? Hear I just, yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. you guys, uh, right, um, Kristen, whatever you were saying, I, I didn't hear it. But anyway, yeah, so, you know, um, that's kind of where I'm at now throughout the whole thing. You know, pretty cool life. Uh, Melissa and I doing great. We're building plans for our future and all that stuff. And the last two years of our country going crazy, up, down, left and right. The whole, you know, pandemic, if that's what we're even calling it anymore, watching the left just behave out of control, no checks, no balances. You got the right fussing about it, but not doing anything about it, yes, you know? Not that, doing anything. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and I'm just, you know, where I work, it, it's all about what we do, not about what we say. No one yes. cares what you say. Right. We have a mission. We go accomplish it. There's most of the time no talking involved. So over the past couple of years of just watching the talking head politicians say what they think we want to hear, but do nothing. So yeah. that led to deciding that, that I would run for U.S. House of Representatives. And, you know, when looking around and, and looking at whether it's a Democrat or Republican, and in my case, I am challenging a Republican incumbent. You know, it's just all words. They, they don't do anything. They look out for corporations. They look out, you know, for big pharma in this case, you know, and, and it's just we deserve better. Right? Yeah. And let's talk about why that is, Tony, because I feel like perhaps a lot of people don't know. Why are the politicians? I mean, I know the answer, but I want to hear your answer. <laughs> why are they looking out for big business and for pharma? Where's the incentive for them to do that? You want to help people understand that? Yeah. And, you know, before all this, before making this decision and before learning so much that I have, and I, every day I keep uncovering more things that just, frankly, piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the reality is, and I'm no conspiracy theorist, the reality is you can go on any politician's campaign finance, FEC, documents and see who's giving them money yep you know in this case the incumbent i'm challenging greg murphy he's beholden to big pharma vident the the hospital group you know they bought his practice and now they contribute to his campaign you know it's just like yeah one thing interesting and, and don't get me wrong i almost feel like you could have some corporate interests right because corporations are part of america yeah. My problem is when all they care about is the corporate interests and not the local interests, I, I feel like a, a, a good politician could manage both, right? In theory, yeah. you look out for industry in our region, industry in your district, but also the individual. And for some reason, that's just not what's happening. And whether it's Democrat or Republican, most politicians simply care about money. And it goes all the way down to the local level, to yep. your county commissioners, your sheriffs, right? Like sheriffs, sheriffs care about their representatives because their representatives give them grant money. Yep. Right? Uh, county commissioners care about their NC representatives because they get state money. So it's all money related. And, and it's, it's going to be. It's always going to be. 
but the abuse comes when the representative that has the money or the grants available, they can use their influence to either provide them or deny them. So your local politicians become in, in, in somehow beholden to the next level. And that's completely upside down. Our federal government was supposed to be tiny and our state and local governments were supposed to have the, the power and the influence, the, the best interests of their local neighborhood and communities. So that got flipped upside down. And that's, that's the biggest problem. You know, just last week, they voted for trillions upon trillions of dollars of our tax dollars to go all around the world and very little coming back to us, you yeah. know? And then that's the problem, you know, why are politicians the way they are? It really does come down to money, power, and influence. Mm -hmm. And it's, let's face it, some type of men are drawn to that. And some type of men care more about their principles. I am most certainly the other. My, my principles are the only thing I have. My principles are my word. You strip away everything else. I have to start over. Well, love that. You know, if I had to start over, the only thing I can stand here with is my word and my principles. Well, so, and I think that a lot of people like, you know, I think that giving people the benefit of the doubt too. a lot of these politicians who who go into public service because they want to see change, they have good intentions, yeah. right? They go in with the good intentions. But then you've heard, you know, we've all heard they're they're swallowed whole by the yeah. by the the corruption, and and they're bought. They they come in and they they probably prey on these, the ones that are idealistic and wanting the change and actually wanting to do good for their communities. They're, they suck them in, they buy them, then they're bought and paid for, then they're stuck. It's like they're 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 in the the swamp water and they can't they can't get out. And it's just like, well, how did we get here? You know, yeah. we were all you know, the wheel from the start. That's a big thing for me. I'm saying that. Win or lose, I'm running my campaign clean of corporate PAC money, clean of DC support. I, you know, I had some DC support. Initially, I was running in the fourth district as our districts were all being uh, switched and gone to courts over. And ultimately, the courts decided and drew our maps. And it put me out of the fourth district. That district kind of went away. There was no incumbent. So it was kind of funny. And this is how I realized just how, how much both parties simply try to protect themselves and not us. I had quite the support from DC when I had no, no incumbent. When the districts changed, I picked up the phone and called and talked to some representatives who were going to back me. And I told them, hey, I'm challenging now because I'm in the third, I will be challenging incumbent Greg Murphy. And it was kind of funny because the representative I was talking to said, who? Right? They worked so together. Didn't even know. It. Didn't even know. Had to look him up. And when I say look him up, like Google him. And then without even considering who I am, what I am, what I bring to the table, that I'll do a better job. They simply said, oh, well, now that you're challenging an incumbent, we can't help you. So I went from being, right, I went from being a star that could, could help our nation to, ooh, you'll be threatening the uh, rank and file. Rank and file. The, and that's all it is. So 
you know, my the incumbent I'm challenging, Greg Murphy, is not stellar. He just will vote with however the Republicans tell him to, and they like that. And that is exactly, there's a book that a Republican uh, congressman wrote. I, God, I cannot think of his name. It might be called Drain the Swamp. I can't remember. He exposes how the system works, how he, to be honest, how he's still in the system. I don't know, because again, to play in D.C., it is rank and file. It is go raise money for the party. It is vote as we tell you to vote. That's why you don't see people break off from their parties much. And that's why when you have the Senator Manchin's doing what he's doing for the Demo in the Democratic Party, you have to stand up and applaud him. Whether you agree or not, he's got some courage to do right. the right thing, right? In in his eyes. I, I'm not, I'm not, that's not a commentary on whatever he's standing for. I'm just saying. Right. You got to respect. I mean, in the same way, I don't respect Mitt Romney because I don't think his anything he does makes sense, like right. logically. But he doesn't carry a party line. Liz Cheney doesn't carry a party line. And as much as I don't like some of the things they've said or done, I can respect the fact that you're not sitting here saying I'm going to just check the Republican box or the Democratic box because that's what I've been told to do. And there's right. also a documentary that was on Facebook back, I want to say, 2016. I remember watching the whole docu-series, but it was called something about Drain the Swamp or the Swamp. Maybe it's called The Swamp. And I encourage everyone to go find it and watch it. It's Republicans and Democrats telling you how the system works. They come, just like Amy said, with the full intention of trying to make a difference. Not all of them, some of them. Let's come make a difference. And they get there and they're told, you got to go join a committee. You got to raise this much money. It will determine which committee you can be on. Right. You know? yep. And this is how the system is broken and it's the divide. And that's why Congress can't agree because they're being told by the talking heads, this right. is how you're going to vote or you're not coming back and you're not getting your sponsor money. And, and, and kudos to you, Tony, for not taking the, right. the super PAC money because that's where the, the corruption really begins to happen. And I remember, you know, Trump, for all of his faults, this is something that I remember him saying repeatedly on the campaign trail. I will not take, but you know, you I will not take money from certain people because I know they want me to be beholden to them for the donation. Yeah. And you know, <clears throat> it, you know people say, well, representatives only make $174,000 a year. Only. Well, mm -hmm. that's quite above the American average, by the way. Yes. But <clears throat> what you're not told is their staff and their office is given just over a million dollars to operate each year, right? So expenses and fuel and, you know, their gas, their food, their travel, it's all paid for, right? The, so that's why, whether they're insider training or not, because a lot of them have clearly been doing that, yeah. right? Even that $174,000 that they make, they can use it to buy a beach house, because they're not using it for anything else yep. you know that's just it's just how it works and it's it's horrible i i would have no problems doing the job for half of what their salary is right it's supposed yep. to be our founding fathers saw the representatives as a a part-time job as a limited job that they wouldn't do forever so now here we are, people are begging, Americans are begging for term limits. Mm -hmm. yep. Democrats and Republicans alike agree on one thing, 
term limits. Why haven't we gotten them? If there are representatives and 90% of the American public, both sides, want term limits, you would think it would go down like that. Of course not, because if they enacted term limits, over half of our representatives would lose their job the second they saw signed it into law. Right? That's right. They need, there needs to be another way to get term limits that doesn't require Congress. Congress should not be allowed to vote on things that benefit Congress. Right? You know, 21% increase for their offices, 21% increase in appropriated money, our tax dollars, for their staff. Uh, so it was going around last week that they, they voted themselves a 21%. Yeah. Can you explain that? Yeah. That, that's not true. They still, their salaries are still $174,000 each. But what they did do was increase their office budgets by 21%, their Capitol Hill million dollars? Wait, is that the million yeah. dollars you were just saying? So they just yeah. got a 21% increase on that? Right. No. So $1,000 a year, they can. The funny thing is there are staffers that actually, so this is part of the corruption that so many of the staff stay in the office. So a new person is, is elected the staff stays on file so there are, there are actually staffers out there their salary caps 190 some thousand dollars there are staffers on capitol hill that make more than the representatives and they hold some serious power as well so we don't need to just enact term limits for the representative their whole staff needs to go right and and, and that's going to you know, some of these things I'm saying is getting me negative feedback from Capitol Hill. You know, the the establishment is very much trying to protect itself. You mean the truth? You mean the truth is making them mad? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what happens to the establishment. The establishment does not want to be exposed. No. The right. establishment does not want to lose money or power. It's the right. reason why we are literally like dogs chasing our tails in this country. Same S-H-I-T, different day. That's been right. going on forever. Why? Because we as Americans, we the people, don't rule the government. The government has instead decided it's in charge of literally everything. Remember what Gerald Ford said years ago? What is it? A government that's big enough to give you everything you want is big enough to take everything you have? Well, we've experienced a little bit of that in the last, in the last <laughs> year. We're We've had decades of them just taking more and more, giving them voting themselves more and more power, money. They're in bed with every all these um, lobbyists, these big corporations. And guess who's getting screwed? The average well, American. You know, my frustrating is this. There's two sides of a politician. There's the one that goes on Fox News and says everything you want to hear. And then there's the politician's voting record. Mm. And it's such a pain to go on the congressional websites and just look up how they voted. It's so complex and so confusing. And, it, and it's, it's almost by design, right? Again, not a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, just yesterday I was trying to look up a voting record on a certain bill and it was voted on four times, four roll calls. And our representative voted yay, then nay, then yay, then nay. Right. So each time the bill is being amended. And so the claim was I voted for X. Well, in this one, but not the final one. And that's how they play words. And they, they say, well, I voted for 
a military pay increase. Well, yeah, in this bill, but not the one that actually passed and went to the Senate. And that's they're not how they, lying. They said so, they did do it, but right. not when it really counted. But you not know? the bill that actually passed. And that's right. the games that they're playing with us. I call it lying. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's called lying. It would yeah. be no different than if you ask your child, did you brush your teeth? And they say, yes. Last week. Last night, but not this morning. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? They're lying because they know the question, right? Mm -hmm. They're just giving you a filler answer, hoping you won't actually look into it, right? Like you won't actually check the toothbrush that it's wet or that they left the, the, <laughs> the mess, the sink that they always do. They're evidence. Well, our politicians, voting records, it's the evidence. It's all we need to look at. We don't need to listen to a word they yes. say, right? Yep. It, none of it matters because we can predict how someone's going to vote per how they've just voted. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, well, it's just like what Dr. Cole said, truth plus transparency equals trust. And this right. is exactly why I have never liked politi right. politics. We've, we've never, never liked been politicians political. because I always know- They're lying. I always know- that politician on any news station or anywhere that is saying something, it's just words coming out of their mouth. And I've always been more, my mom always told us, just like you said, actions speak louder than words. I don't always. think I've ever seen somebody actually do what they say they were going to do. You well, know? You know, and, and like I said, it's easy to watch Fox or CNN or whatever and get the snippet or the splurred or, or go to our politicians' Facebook page and there's this little snippet, you know, a, a, a headline. And we take that as enough. It's not enough. If you really want to know, you look at their voting record. And like I said, it can be difficult to look up because if you Google your representative and their voting record, chances are their website will pop up and it's fancy. It's a, you know, the congressional website. It looks legit. Like they can't lie on that. Right. Well, yeah, there's no law saying they can't put out disingenuous information on their official webpage, right? So what you have to do is take it to the next level and actually go to the roll call votes on the congressional webpage. And it's not just a congressional webpage. There are plenty of other webpages that are simpler to follow and they break it down. And like I said, lately, one of the biggest things is, you know, what I'm dealing with with the incumbent is his claims to, to support the military. And you know, says, says he voted for this and says he voted for that. But when he voted to not fund the appropriations bill, he voted to shut down all kinds of veterans and active duty pro programs that were allocated, some of them specifically for North Carolina by other representatives in North Carolina. You know, let's face it, Eastern North Carolina is an agriculture and military and fishing Mm -hmm. <laughs> right those are the three largest industries in eastern north carolina we have a huge military population so you would think at least i know if when i am a representative i would care about two major committees the armed services and the agriculture committees well our sitting representative promised these things and then as soon as he gets to capitol hill ditches the veterans affairs committee and goes to the Ways and Means Committee. What is the Ways and Means Committee? It's a committee that oversees taxation, 
revenues, expenditures. It's very a very powerful committee, but it does nothing for Eastern North Carolina. So why would a representative of Eastern North Carolina be so ambitious to go after the Ways and Means Committee? Well, that's also where Big Pharma has their claws, right? Mm -hmm. Ways and Means always protect the Big Pharma. So it's so frustrating to be challenging a politician, a career politician, and see their, their lies and their dishonesty and try to balance, you know, mm-hmm. putting that information out. Because I personally don't, don't want to be involved in negative campaign stuff, right? right? Already started happening, right? Because it's politics. Well, the reality is, it, you know, I'm a gamble. I'm an unknown, right? But I have a history of doing what I've always said. And I'm just trying to tell people, go look at the voting records of whether or not you're in this district and I'm the candidate, look at the voting records of your representatives. Look at the voting records of your county commissioners. They're right there, plain as day. Now you gotta be careful there too, right? Because they'll say, I voted for the Save the Whales Act. I voted for End Violence Against Women Act. I voted for saving the turtles the baby turtles and that sounds awesome they named these bills right a good one a really good one the patriot act Mm, there's zero patriotic about the patriot act and the expansion for intelligence communities and the fisa courts zero Zero. it is the most anti-patriot thing Mm -hmm. and since 9-11 our representatives to include the one I'm challenging, has voted to expand and reauthorize the Patriot Act, spying on American citizens. And yeah. here's the thing, the Patriot Act, not once through any of those surveillances has thwarted a terrorist attack, not a single, single time. So why are we being spied on? Why does our government, why did our representatives provide this authorization? It's, it's unconstitutional. So where are the representatives? Why, why they- I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm thinking as you're telling us all this, because even <laughs> I still am not all into politics and, and all of these acts and everything. And now I will go deep dive on COVID stuff. Everybody knows that. But yeah. a lot of people, they don't have time to go look at some of this right. stuff. Or, and you take it for what you hear or what right. did Brett, Brett say on our, that when the pharmacist that we um, interviewed, he said he was a student a lot of times a superficial skimmer. And that's what a lot of people are. And right. I think one of the things that you could do, which you are, is actually putting, hey, the Patriot Act, do y'all know what that is? And like right. just yeah, in layman's terms, so people will see what it what that actually is. Like if you say this person voted on this, but do you know what this is? Like right. I think that, and putting it in our terms or just showing it. So right. they're not, I'm not saying you have to do that, but like if you, well, find, when you find these things out, because I know you're learning a lot going through all of this, yeah. but I think that to me personally, that would be so helpful. Well, I think right. we're learning, we're all waking up to the fact that there could be a bill called like the Save the Turtles Act, for right. example, that is 30,000 pages. And within yeah. those 30,000 pages that no one ever reads, right. and then they pass to vote in the middle of the night, there <laughs> are 300,000 more things that are being passed 
that uh, none of us know what they are. Well, well just like the Dulce Gay Act in Florida right now, right. They've, 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 they've claimed that they the left has now the hijacked, they've hijacked an act, call it Don't Say Gay. It is not about not saying gay. It has nothing to do with not saying gay. <laughs> and yet, but that's the point, you guys. And so it, the, another huge thing and yeah. problem we're having, and Tony, here's where maybe we can come together and formulate a plan of action to help Americans, the average American, get this information when journalism is an epic failure. Because used to, the journalists were the ones who would read through this information and tell the American public, here's what this is about, here's what you need to know. They were the ones who would question your what? politicians. They would they would look for the story that proves it's not as it seems, but we don't have that anymore. And so this is where we have got to uh, we have got to mobilize as as the average Americans to say, how do we get the correct information? How do we learn this and do it in bite-sized segments that the average person can understand? Because again, these acts that are thousands of pages long, none of us have time to read them. But how do we help the average voter know who you're voting for, why you're voting for them, and what they, like you said, what they have historically stood for when the vote comes down? Yeah. You know, it. It's, it is. It is so frustrating. And the reason we go to work and we mind our own business is because we elect representatives to go represent us. And we expect yeah. their jobs because we're doing our jobs. Yep. Well, after 70, 80 years of us, the American voter, not checking them, not reeling them in, yep. had that flip-flop of federal government being the way our founding fathers designed it federal government was supposed to support and it was the federal government was less important now the federal government has grown to be so powerful and it is our fault it falls on us for not being involved and not paying attention and for letting them lie to us non-stop mm -hmm. yeah. it's the blind trust but yes. also it's not it ain't, it's just like doctors it they ain't like they used to be you know well, you assume that it's how it should be or how it was yeah. supposed to be. Right. And maybe it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the doctor I grew up with, Dr. Richard Hudson, man, I mean, he was, there was no doubt in my mind he was a friend of the family. He owned the own practice, his practice. He was the neighborhood community doctor and he cared about the community. He was involved in the community. Well, we've seen a shift now where mm -hmm. medical practices are no longer owned by doctors. They're owned by corporations. Yep. And Lord knows, right? The incumbent that I'm challenging, Greg Murphy, is a doctor. Biden bought his practice from him. Wow. Starting his campaign right there, right? That's how he was able to and is able to afford basically to not pay any attention to us, right? Me, by not accepting these kind of monies or whatever, I'm only beholden to the contributions of individuals that for me have been like $10, $50, $100 contributions from real people. So we've got these doctors who no longer answer to the people, their patients, they answer to corporations. Mm -hmm. So these corporations are huge, right? Biden has bought up all these local uh, Eastern North Carolina doctor offices, the hospitals, they're so powerful. And then we, we see them exposed. We see doctors exposed through this whole mess with COVID. Yep. We see which side they're on. Oh, and yeah. it's 
overwhelmingly corporate doctors supported the mass mandate, supported everything that came out of Fauci's mouth, yeah. supported the, the vaccines. So in this case with, with Greg Ver Murphy, supported the vaccine uh, and CDC expansion bill. Expanded. Ah! He voted for the vaccine passports, <laughs> right? Tracking you and us. And I'll tell you, when, when you actually sit down and read that bill, it the wording is so vague that it could- On purpose. Oh, oh I, it's, it could absolutely- up I with, can do whatever the hell they want. Right? It's, it's no different than like your concealed weapons tracking database, right? When a police officer pulls you over, when he runs your license plate, it says whether or not the owner of the vehicle has a CCW. Well, that's what the vaccine passport could wind up doing, is carrying it that far. Mm -hmm. and, and let's face it, the CCW tracking database is unconstitutional as well. Yeah. Right? But no one's got an eye at that. I see CCW permits as a crumb they gave us back. They took our Second Amendment rights, <clears throat> told us we had to lock our guns in our in our cars, where in our trunks, separate from the ammo, right? Where we can't use them to defend ourselves. And then they said, okay, check it out. We're gonna let you carry a gun if you pay this fee and take this class and pay that fee. Now it's legal for you to carry that gun. You have to ask permission from the government to carry your gun concealed, right? That's, that's unconstitutional. Yeah. As unconstitutional as it gets, shall not be infringed. So we've been groomed to think this type of database tracking system is for our own good. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be tracked any more than you do because I'm a law-abiding citizen. Yep. If we're tracking felons, okay, I might even get on board with that. But any of yeah. those databases and stuff, it's just horrible. So there's, we're not keeping them in check. We're allowing them to sell us you know, they, they sell us Rolls Royce, but they give us an old broken down, you know, Pinto, <laughs> you know, and, and then and tell us how great it is. And because we are busy, because we have to go to work and take care of our families, we don't look any further. So, yeah. you know, well, the reality that needs to change. And, and throughout this whole thing, because I initially got into politics by starting a C4, a nonprofit to help veterans gain funding, education, and ultimately run for office, whether it's local office all the way to federal, right? We started it. And I, and I got the idea because I had other special operations friends that were running around the country. So like my buddy, Jay Collins, he's at Green Beret running down in Florida, doing great. Uh, a friend of mine, Eli Crane, he's a Navy SEAL running out in Arizona. And these are, these are good guys who've been at war. We've been at war our whole lives, and we're fed up. We're fed up being sent on, let's face it, what was an illegal, unconstitutional war. Mm -hmm. Congress has the power to declare war. And for 20 years, they never held a single sitting president accountable. They just let it keep going, let it keep going, let it keep going until we had a disaster in Afghanistan. It finally, they shrugged their responsibility, their roles, duties, responsibility, their constitutional responsibility. They, our representatives in Congress, shrugged that responsibility for so long that it finally fell in the lap of Joe Biden 
who is clearly incapable of doing a good job, hmm. snatches everybody out of Afghanistan. And what do we get? 13 Americans killed because they botched it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. And, and of course, your, your representatives are like, oh my goodness, this is horrible. I'm going to send a letter to the Secretary of Defense. Good job. Okay, thank you. Mean, what the Secretary of Defense did with your letter, Representative? Wiped his butt with it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you think the Secretary of Defense cares? What the no. House? No, because the House right now is a is a paper dragon. They stomp their feet, they yeah. rattle things and make noise, but they don't do anything except for look out for themselves and it's pathetic it, it you know like, like we started off with it just wasn't political and then once i started the c4 a nonprofit, it's called american oath initiative it's still happening I, when i decided to run i handed it off to a good friend of mine a couple of good friends of mine they're leading it and they're helping veterans run run for offices good veterans who actually care about america and i don't know not sending a bunch of americans to die around the world for for what for what for what yeah right everybody wants to go fight in ukraine right now you know we got warmongers up there just hey we need to go we need to help we need to send troops we need to send we need to send and i'm like whoa 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 wait a minute first of all yes russia's bad the reality is the ukraine you know very corrupt nation who we've given billions in aid to already who billions 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 yes so um, we made a promise to help them and it sucks that joe biden you know the russians were massing troops they started that mobilization of troops last march as soon as joe biden took office they started massing troops so had we had a strong president They'd have had that stopped at the beginning, but it didn't happen, right? I'm a realist. Here we are because that administration was too worried about making sure our children wear masks. Mm -hmm. And we had enough tests just right. to tell you you're sick. Yeah. You need to feel like it. Made in China and those masks yeah. made in China ship here. That was the priority. Mm -hmm. While Russian mass soldiers on the border of a country we swore to help protect, right? That's the reality of the situation. So fast forward to here right now. Now we are obliged to help the Ukraine, but sending troops because we've got representatives on both sides, especially Republicans now, warmongers, who stand zero chance of ever going overseas and actually experiencing combat, right? That's the hypocritical part. And it's, that's happened for all of time. Politicians send soldiers to go die, but in this case, for what? Right. So that's the frustrating part for me is that you you've got all this talking. And again, it's not like your representative or your senator is going to allow their kids to go fight. That's not going to happen. Right. So these young American patriots who joined the military. Woo, they, they love America. Right. That's what that's why they sign up for the military. Now we're just going to send them off for what I need someone for that question to me before I'm going to get on board with sending another American soldier, sailor, Marine, airman to go fight in another conflict 
that has no clear statement, no mission statement, no in state. Because here's what's going to happen in Ukraine. Russia is going to get bogged down and they're going to be in a modern Afghanistan. They've already had their Afghanistan. Yep. Oh, did I lose you there? there oh, well, I heard today on, um, and I think that the Afghanistan thing is so fresh in all of Americans' minds that, you know, um, there's big data polls. I guess it's um, Rich Barris. I heard him on a podcast. He's director of big data polls, and he does a lot of polling. And only 33% of Americans agree with sending troops or getting involved in Ukraine. So right. the majority of Americans do not want, it. want this. And, but the politicians, they're so disconnected from what the average people you know actually what? want. Can I that, say something too? It, you know what? It's a disconnect. It's they simply do not care. They don't care. Right? Right now, None of us our want military industrial complex is getting rich. Again, it's a whole new cycle yeah. of a war. You know? And they, it's not even a disconnect. They simply don't care. Well, Nobody. meanwhile, uh, two things. And they're related. <laughs> Meanwhile, our border. Nobody gives a F-U-C-K about our border. I, I mean, we do, but I haven't done anything. I just talk about it. You know, I, but Tony, I know you did. And I definitely want to talk about that, that you actually went and visited. But I went even, you know, was it last week that there was like gunfire? They had arrested some big cartel guy. And you go and look up, y'all, just if you go look up U.S.-Mexico- um border gunfire just like typing in those words i was just trying to find the video trying to find whatever everything every single article that i clicked on there's a red bright red highlighted button on the or like notification on the bottom that's talking about russia and ukraine every time i have screenshots of it it's like the, it's like the running death poll of covid deaths when you on cnn and stuff it's like that subliminal message you go and click on it and it has it says something about Russia and Ukraine. Like, and I'm looking here. up they US and Mexico. And they keep trying to direct us to this. Why are they turning us away? You know, like when you were talking about, you know, tracking and stuff, they're not tracking the people coming from coming over there from, from right. Mexico. They've lost thousands, thousands of kids, okay, and people, but I know kids. And they're not even paying attention to the trafficking. Like, why don't we tra why don't we track trafficking kids like kids who are lost? Why don't we track those people? Or the it, drugs. <laughs> it doesn't fit the narrative and it doesn't make money, right? Let's face it. Putting the wall up doesn't make money, right? It doesn't make a representative a dime. It doesn't bring anything to their campaign finance, right? It's just not what's happening. But selling a bunch of weapons, giving Ukraine credit with American manufacturers of weapons, well, those kickbacks, now you have these companies they're going to put money in our representatives' campaign finance accounts. And there are very strict rules about how you can spend that money. But you can still spend it on anything that's within those rules, which includes, like I said, travel. I mean, it's, it's really not much different than the tax code, right? If you own your own business, you can write off fuel and you know, half your meals, your hotel stays. You can go on a vacation, right? You can go skiing in Vermont. But as long as you have a conversation with someone that's work-related, it's expensable. 
Well, it, it works the same way with our campaign finance. And what, what blows my mind is that we, I never did, but now I am, you can actually go look it up. It's public information. You, you can see every dollar I've spent out of my campaign finance on the FEC website, but also there's, there's a, a, a third-party website called opensecrets.org. Yes, talked about this before. Opensecrets.org. You see every person who donated to me, any pack that has donated to me, period. And the same with all our representatives. So when you look at somebody's campaign like mine, who, like I said, I'm refusing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested in taking this corrupt money. So you'll see, you know, in my case, over 2,000 individual donors from $10 to all the way to the max, right? The max that an individual can give my campaign is $2,900, a household double that of 58. But corporations and, and political packs, they can give $5,000. Or a corporation can give straight to my pack, right? Unlimited, unlimited amounts. Yeah. So now that pack can support you in your travels and in your expenses and all this kind of stuff as well. You know, so. Well, and go look at, like, just, I, I want to interject this because when we talk about media and journalism, here's a tie. When you go to opensecrets.org, go look at where Facebook donated in the 2020 election. Go look at where Google donated in the 2020 election. Look who they own. It ain't what? on the right. It ain't, listen, and I'm not saying they did, they did donate to some 90, 98% of Facebook's donations were to like Joe Biden's campaign. Okay. Yeah. So again, it's when you can piece together and connect where the money's going. If you follow, we have said it since probably our first episode, follow the money trail. You will find where the power is, where you right. know where the power is. That's where the corruption happens right. every time. And, you know, you know, you're clearly our social media is, is very left. And, you know, I say it all the time that I'm not mad at the left anymore. Right. They've told us what they wanted. They told us yeah. what they're going to do. They even told us how they're going to do it. And we just kind of <laughs> nod our heads and go, OK, <laughs> I'm just off at Republicans and conservatives, so-called conservatives. Right. Because there's a reason why there is a saying conservatives haven't conserved a damn thing. Mm. Yep. Right. They don't conserve anything. They compromise constantly, giving away our rights and freedoms at That's every So I tell folks, you want to you know where the real corruption's at? Look at your Republicans who have laid down for the Democrats. And then when you look at their campaign finance, like you said, you start connecting the dots. That's where those liberal groups have actually funded Republicans as well. And they're just as bought and paid for. Hits well, Rhino, Rhino right. Republican in name only. I personally like to just call them frauds. Let's call them what they are, right? <laughs> they don't even deserve an acronym. They're just frauds. And it's disgusting. But, you know, you talked about, you know, you mentioned the border. When our representatives went to the border, and some of them did, it was a dog and pony show. The Border Patrol was there. They showed them exactly what they wanted to be seen. What? The Border Patrol was told, you can show them this and that. So they took some pictures. They had their security details with them. 
you know, because it's so dangerous down there. <laughs> and so it was a dog and pony show, a photo opportunity, a political opportunity, nothing more. Well, I have a good friend of mine who's a Border Patrol agent, and he gave me the unofficial piece, knowing that he would lose his job just for talking to me. We met away from the border. He was clearly not in uniform and not driving an official vehicle. And he sat down with myself, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller, who's become a good friend of mine and a supporter and a, a, a real endorser of my campaign. So if you don't know who Lieutenant Colonel Scheller is, Scheller's the, the Lieutenant Colonel who spoke up mm -hmm. against our command, against our commander in chief for the withdrawal in Afghanistan. 17 year stellar career, right? No blemishes by all marks. The, the perfect or the, the, the poster boy for Marine Corps officer, infantry officer, right? With great deployments, he speaks up. They threw him in the brig. Mm -hmm. They threw him in general population. They threw a colonel in the brig. So when he asked, Representative Greg Murphy for help. Greg Murphy told him to pack it. You did that, right? Our, our representative won't lift a finger for our military when they, when they need them, right? He just doesn't care. But he goes out of his way to make sure Vident and Big Pharma is taken care of, right? It's the interest. What do they care about? You think they care about one Marine? Absolutely not. So anyway, that's how I got to know Stuart. So Stuart, Myself and uh, a ranger buddy of mine, a former ranger, we got in a rental car and just went on our own little tour of the border. <laughs> we waved at some uh, cartel spotters, observation folks, right? And they waved back, little gentlemen's agreement, you don't mess with us, we won't mess with you type of thing. Because here's what folks don't understand about our border. They make it look like there's some people sneaking across the border in the middle of the night off in the middle of the desert. That is not what is happening. The illegal immigrant border crossing is right across and underneath the bridge that has the border patrol and ice checkpoint. It's knee deep water. The Rio Grande River is knee deep. Illegal immigrants walk across, walk right up and sit down in a cul-de-sac in Roma, Texas and all the other border towns. They just walk right up in the neighborhoods. They sit down. And every night, the Border Patrol brings a bus or two or five and picks up the illegal immigrants, take them to the detainment facility. And then if they're Mexican, they're deported. If they're not Mexican, they get put on airplanes and buses and shipped all into the United States. And that's been happening for about a year and two months now. It started happening the moment. The Why don't we of, only deport Mexico? That was my question. That, yep, that was my question. Well, so there's some contention between us and Mexico, and that's kind of the this administration's payback to Mexico, right? Like, nope, you can't come. So, do they need know, a vaccine card? No vaccine card. Do they Here's bring what, a vaccine card? Do they have swabs? They are no, so, testing them. They have to oh. test to come in. Oh, okay. Like, like I did when I came back from Mexico. And you had to pay. And I had to you pay for it. What they have to have to cross our border is a wristband. 
<laughs> provided by the cartel. Like going to a bar. Yeah, provided by the cartel, right. <laughs> oh right. So when we opened the border, the cartel actually closed it on the other side. We created a an industry, a revenue stream for the cartels. Because it used to be, it was coyotes and all that. The cartels didn't really care that much about the human trafficking side. They cared about drugs, right? So when we opened the borders, the cartels shut it down over on the Mexico side, the Mike side, right? So on the Mike side, the cartels took warehouses and filled them full of pads and cots. So now they have a hotel for illegal immigrants. It costs $900 to $1,100 per person to walk across the border. Now, the cartel isn't actually facilitating it. It's, that's just their feet, right? They're not coyotes. They're not doing the transport part. You have to pay that just across and get your armband. So they get their armband. They come across. They change their shoes and their pants because they're wet. And they discard all that right there on the border on our side. And it's just litter both ways up and down the shoreline of the Rio Grande River at all these border towns. So, like I said, our representatives that go down there and do you know their photo shoots, they do them at these detainment facilities and right at the borders. And it looks like you know the Border Patrol is doing their job and all that kind of stuff. The Border Patrol has been stood down. They don't apprehend. They go and pick up at pickup points, right? And it's not our border patrol agent's fault. You know, that's that's way up in the, that's, that's the president, right? That's an administrative thing. You know, I adhere to a very simple principle of leadership. And it's first chapter, the Ranger Handbook clearly states the leader, the patrol leader, the commander, the CEO, the president, doesn't matter. The leader is responsible for everything that does and does not happen. Yeah. And, and our politicians, they don't have that as a principle. They, they're not accountable. They shrug things off and they circumvent. They tell us we're naive and we don't understand, you know, that you just don't understand the big picture. How many times have you ever heard that before, right? <laughs> they, they literally think they are smarter than we are. No, they do. Right. No, if you ask them, they, you know, they, they know better. They know better. Yeah. You know, anytime you challenge the incumbent, I'm, I, I'm going up against, you know, he gets frustrated and he gets upset and he says, you're just naive and you don't understand the way it works. And it's like, you, you know what? You're right. I and don't want, you shouldn't have to understand the way it works. Right. There shouldn't yeah. be strategy really. I, I mean, yeah. I'm, I know there is, but you know what right. I mean? Like it's right. almost like, and that's what we're trying to get away <laughs> no, from. Right. You don't understand how corrupt we are and the way we run things behind yes. your back. Right. Right? Exactly. You don't understand how you have to sell your soul out to the system in order to be a part of it. That's what you right. don't understand. Like, that's the thing that really angers me. And, it's, right. and you know, right. Senator Richard Burr still under investigation, if I'm not mistaken, for his insider trading accusations. I mean, it, 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 like you, you pointed to this earlier, and I just want to, again, our audience needs to understand that they, if they do know what's going on, perhaps right. sometimes more than we do about some of this insider stuff and they're getting rich off of it. Yeah. You know, it's so frustrating, right? When was the last time 
a congressional investigation led to any charges. Exactly. Yep. I mean, you might as well have, it would be like having Pablo Escobar investigate himself. You know what I mean? (laughs) Nope, I'm not guilty. I mean, that's what's going on here. And our DOJ, the FBI, they're not, they're not doing any investigations against any of this stuff. They would incriminate themselves in some of it, because let's look at what just happened. The New York Times, uh, uh, an acknowledged left-leaning publication for the last two years, denied the Hunter Biden laptop, said repeatedly that it was false information, misinformation. Russian Russian disinformation. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Russian disinformation now acknowledges that it is his laptop. This is true. Also, by the way, they meanwhile... Now, same publication, New York Times. Now, are we going to report on Hunter Biden's ties to the Ukraine energy company? Are we going to talk about Hunter Biden's ties to China? And right now, if you look what's going on in the world under this administration, let me tell you something. If Donald Trump, if Putin thought that he was his friend, why the hell didn't he attack them under his administration? There is a reason this is happening now. I don't have the answers. This is not a conspiracy theory to say, but just look at the ties to these countries and the administration's ties and ask yourself, you think this would have happened under a different administration? I don't know, but it didn't. It didn't happen. And all these these journalists that we were supposed to trust for all these years telling us it's Russian disinformation, saying that Trump was colluding with Russia only to find out. And this came out in the Durham report, people. I don't know why that's not getting more press. But Hillary Clinton's campaign was behind the lies, and so was the FBI. So right. to tie it back to your point, the FBI would have to investigate itself on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And weren't there 51 people that, like, attested to the Hunter Biden thing, and they're, like, somehow all of them forgot, or what was that? Because I just saw that last night on something, on some news. Like, well, they had a picture of all 51 people who supported the statement that, you know, or they didn't that see anything, that it was fake, or that, yeah. Right. Well, you know, like you said, Holly, it's it didn't happen under Trump. All right. It it happened under Biden. And I don't want to hear from Biden and his administration that it's somehow Trump's fault. Right. And yeah. this, is me, this is me not being political. You're the president now. You're the leader now. And everything that does and does not happen un- under your watch from the day you take over. Right. From the day I became a team leader, I was responsible for everything that did and did not happen on that team and on every operation. So if I did something to get my men killed, the guys who worked for me, it would be my fault. Whether it happened the first day I was a team leader or 10 years later, of a lot of experience. It's simply, you cannot blame the previous leader whoever held your position. You cannot do that. That is, that is, it's like I said, it's dishonest, it's disingenuous, and it's spineless. It's cowardly, right? Everything that does and does not happen. You know, and, and, and obviously right now, my perspective is very focused on my opponent. Well, he voted for red flag laws to be enacted against military members and veterans. So in other words, if you get mad at your neighbor and they're a military member, you call the sheriff, they come take their guns, no due process. That, 
that's not just a violation of the Second Amendment. That's a violation of the Fourth, Fifth, Fourteenth, right? That's just using the Constitution. Right, just because you're in the military, they can, if you're afraid of your neighbor who has been in the military, then the government can just take their weapons like without a trial, without an arrest. Without a magistrate, right? Because let's face it, when a police officer arrests you, the police officer does not put you in jail. The magistrate, a judge does, mm -hmm. right? So it skips that. It's just like domestic type cases, right? We all have seen where a spouse, male or female, have lied to police officers to get their partner arrested. Well, now red flag laws expand that type of challenge to guns and neighbors, right? Not spouses, literally your neighbor. You call the police or the sheriff and say, hey, I think my neighbor is <coughs> potentially going to harm someone or themselves. Right then, that's all it takes for the sheriff or a deputy or a police officer to go to the magistrate, swear out a warrant themselves with no due process and go without a warrant, seize your firearms, your property, right? So my opponent, Greg Murphy, voted for that in the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, which is a thousands of pay upon thousand page bill every year that is only a tiny bit defense authorization. It's the biggest annual scam on Capitol Hill. And that's how they get all these other pork barrel products in there. And, and you know, I, one of the biggest things we could do, and I would definitely, it's, it's huge on my list, if when I am elected, to limit the size of bills. Bills shouldn't yeah. be 2,200 pages long. Yeah. So, Here's my point, right? They should be 10, 20 pages, something you could sit down and read yep. in one sitting, all right? And you wouldn't need a lawyer to interpret it for you. That's how bills need to be written. We need legislation to change that. Now, so my opponent, he voted for it. And in a public statement, blamed a staffer for not telling him it was in the bill. No, man, you <laughs> voted. To violate our Second Amendment rights. What? That's what you voted for. And now you want to blame a staffer? You know what I mean? Could you imagine blaming, you know, you forget an appointment with a client and your kid, your child did something to distract you, right? Spilled a cup of coffee and it threw you off. You disregarded your calendar. So are you going to blame your kid? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a, a, a representative shouldn't no i'm just kidding <laughs> i get what you're saying it does and does not happen so it's this kind of stuff you know people people will ask me you know oh you're running against greg murphy no no i'm running against an establishment i'm running for the people of eastern north carolina yes and it yeah, just you really happens. are. And it's like, how are we going to this? Like when I hear you talk, you know, it's just like, it's such a David and Goliath situation. Like, I just feel like it's such an insurmountable beast yeah. <laughs> that we're up against. Yeah. And we need more people like you to challenge it because, and I guess, how do we, I wish there was like an answer, like how we could 
what like what can, what can we do and exactly. i want to know what can we do you know what? What's like a call to action for us for our listeners for anybody like and and i get it because one thing i hate is like you don't want the smearing of others like i hate it when it gets all into that and but you also have to call to truth like what's actually happening right. what you see what and people like, don't know and i'm not i'm not in any way shape or form trying to attack anyone's character no, you're not. Just, you're just bringing the I, truth to light. <laughs> voting record and their behaviors while a sitting representative. Yeah. And that's fair game, right? Yes, because they are accountable to us. They're supposed to be accountable to the people that they represent. We talked about this before you even we even started recording. There needs to be greater accountability in the country overall. There's there's does not seem to be any anymore. Even people who were found guilty of lying, deceive, there's there's Seems to be no recourse no, anymore. No. Well, yeah, that's the, like, I mean, when you vote though, every vote matters, but right. you also have to know what you're voting for. And especially if you're a representative, you need to know what the hell you are voting for because your vote oh. really matters. Yeah. So another piece of legislation I will have written and sponsor and push is education. All right. So when I say that, even us, our generation, we didn't read the Constitution in high school. Right. A civics class needs to has to be we need to start teaching our children about the way the process works and civic duty. Representatives don't want that. They want that buffer where they can just operate with, you know, complete autonomy and no accountability. I want to teach our children what the Constitution says and what it means and then how the process works. Right. So here's the reality. The bottom line is it falls on us. We don't vote. More so, we're not educated. We're busy. We got to take care of our kids. So what I've been trying to do is educate folks along with this. So even if this doesn't work out for me, at least a lasting effect will be that folks have learned more about the process from me. Right. And so primary elections, when you ask people, when are the elections? Uh, they're in November. Nope. They are, that's the general. That's when Democrats and Republicans go head to head. But if you back up to the primary elections, which typically happen in the spring and sometimes in the summer. In North Carolina, it's May the 17th. Now, early voting starts April the 25th, or correction, April the 28th. The last day to register to vote for that primary is April the 25th. And that can be done via the North Carolina DMV website. You can update where you your your home of record. So right, like a lot of military, especially younger military, they don't change their home of record. So they remain registered to vote where they their home of record is, where they grew up. Right. So it's typically not until a military person buys a home that they actually change all of that. So a lot of your younger enlisted aren't registered to vote in North Carolina. Well, they can change it right up until the 25th. Like I said, then the elections begin, early voting begins on April the 28th. So just explaining to folks the way the primaries work, because I'm gonna tell you this, an incumbent does not want folks to know about the primary. Because yep. here's the, the demographic that votes in the primary is typically 50 to 55 years and older. 
they tend to be fairly involved in politics or at least the party. And therefore, oftentimes, will vote to support an incumbent, mm -hmm. right? And that's just the way it works. The, the voter's not corrupt necessarily or anything like that. They just know that name and that's it. And, and the incumbents, they want that. They don't want to educate, right? Go find me a single representative that's out here on their website, on their official website, on their official Facebook page, on their personal Facebook page. Find me one that is providing an education about the way the election process actually works, how to register, where to register. They don't talk about that because here's an interesting thing that's happening in Eastern North Carolina or all of North Carolina right now. New voter registrations are up by like five times of any other year this year. And it's a one, two, four ratio. For every one new Democrat, there are two new Republicans. And to every two new Republicans, there are four unaffiliated. Yes, that's me. I left the party. Right. Yeah. Here's a, here's a good point about that. Most of the new unaffiliated voters, the best we can tell from what we've gathered, right? This is an official trackable piece of information, right? I want to be clear about this. But from my anecdotal discussions with folks, the unaffiliated voters are conservatives who simply don't trust either party. Yes. Right. Oh, <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the cool thing about being an unaffiliated voter. In the primary, you can choose whether you want to vote for the Republican or the Democrat. So if you are a Democrat, a registered Democrat, you can only vote for Democrats from April 28th to May oh, 7th. Really? Yeah, oh. right. I did not know that. Uh -oh. Is it again. the same, Tony? Oh. Is that, because I, I, I do have this question because I know in each state, because when I changed my party affiliation, which I'd wanted to do for years, mm -hmm. I tried previously to do, I changed it last year officially. Um, and my question to you is, I know in the state of North Carolina, because I know we have listeners all over the United States and into, um, hold, uh, and into yeah, we have into, into Australia and Canada too. But here's yeah. my question. So in, the, in North Carolina, it says unaffiliated, right? But in other places, it, you might say independent or it might, it's not, it varies state by state. Is that correct? It does, it does. So in North Carolina, the term is unaffiliated, not independent. In some states, it's independent. Uh, and it basically means the same thing. Now, in some states, there's a third party recognized, like libertarian. So there's actually three, and then there'll be the fourth, unaffiliated or independent. So those are all things that, yes, you, we need to educate folks on, right? So when you go to the primary, like to, you know, to vote for me, or not for me in North Carolina. <laughs> you just you choose. You go to the go to vote in the primary, and if you're unaffiliated, you have to pull a Republican ballot. All right, so you can vote for the Republicans in that primary. But it's not until November, on that second Tuesday or the first Tuesday, whichever one falls on, that you vote for whoever was chosen Democrat or Republican in the general election. And that is when it doesn't matter 
if you're registered Republican or registered Democrat, it doesn't matter at that point. You can now vote for whoever you want in, in either party. Does that so, make sense? Yes. And I want to point this out to our North I Carolina listeners. I, I want our North Carolina listeners. I, I, I learned that when I, when I moved my affiliation to independent or to unaffiliated. But I want to point this out real quick. We've been talking to Tony, who is, again, running against someone from his own party. Okay, so we're not talking to someone that's running against somebody who's from the other side. They're on the they're on the same they're running under the same party um, wow. affiliation. So this is why those primaries are so important, because if you are, you know, and this is why we've all got to stop this. I know I used to do this in the past. I knew who my senator was. I thought he was halfway decent. I didn't even look at who would challenge him in the primaries. Right. That's what's got to change, right? Because we're yes. just we're we're just recycling these people. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I am giving the people of Eastern North Carolina an option, right? That's that's the way I look at it. You can choose the same old, same old, and the same old, same old is exactly what has gotten us where we are today. Or you can take a gamble with someone like me. <laughs> because I, you know, I'm asked it all the time. What makes you different, Tony? How do I know? You know, how do I know you're not going to, and, and sorry for moving all around. I'm trying to get my phone plugged in so it doesn't die on us. Uh, so, you know, how do I, how do I know you're, you're going to hold to your word, Tony? Well, you know what? It is a gamble. Let me just be straight and honest with you. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, I've had people tell me that I shouldn't talk like this. I shouldn't level with potential voters. And I'm like, that's the problem. Right. You know, exactly. all the to, I've been given very typical, very, uh, you know, the way it's always been type of advice from the beginning of trying to run. Whenever I think most Americans tells, are sick of that. I think right, most Americans are sick of it. Me, Tony, you, you should watch the way you say that. You, you got to tell people what they want to hear. And yeah. I'm like, people want oh. honesty. Yeah, the truth. People want you know, to hear you. And transparency. And that was the last episode we recorded. Truth plus transparency equals right. trust. Tony, yeah. you want your you want your constituents to trust you. Yeah. And the only way to do that, in my opinion, in this moment, is to be truthful and to be transparent yeah. and quit the BS. We are sick of it. I, yeah. I want to say to every political advisor, y'all need to shut up because you're exactly <laughs> a part of the problem. Well, you know, I'm a, I am a gamble because I don't have a voting record for you to look at as a representative, right. right? And for me to just tell someone who doesn't know me to trust my word, they, they don't know, right? I can tell them, hey, go talk to this person or that person. And here's a cool thing about folks in Eastern North Carolina. They can hop in their car and within... Anywhere in this district, be in Pamlico County, where I was born and raised. And you could throw a stick and hit someone that has known me since I was a kid or the, even from the day I was born. And they will tell you all about me, all about my family, how I was raised, and even about when I was you know, a misbehaved teen. You know, Even when I was a misbehaved teen, I was a hard worker. I was on time, right? So it was a duality. Yeah, at night, did I 
you know, go party and act like a crazy little, you know, redneck kid. Yeah. Yeah. But during the day I was at work, you know, doing what I was supposed to be doing. And, and, you know, I, I owned my first business or whatever when I was just a kid. My dad let me rent his tractor. I leased it. And I would go talk to realtors and get lots to mow to make the lots look nice. And so it was like bush hogging, thick mowing, you know, clearing out stuff. Yeah. Right? So even when I was 14 and 15 years old, when I didn't have a driver's license, I would drive my tractor that I was leasing from my father, responsible for all the maintenance, the old changes, the old filters, the fuel. That was all on me at 14 years old. And I would drive that tractor, right? Because it's legal for to drive farm implements on the highway without a driver's license, right? So at 14 years old, I'm driving all over Pamlico County, mowing lots. And I was dependable. I did a good job even as a child. So I tell people I do have a history, but the reality is I am a gamble, right? Sure. But would you rather gamble on something new and someone who is, is doing this entire thing, stepping up to the plate because I'm tired of their, their horse shit. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of the BS, you know, and, and excuse my language, but I can't find another synonym to describe what we're dealing with. Oh no, that works. That's yeah. perfect. Right? look nothing changes if nothing changes right if we vote to reelect the same old same old we're going to continue getting the same old same old but worse because let's face it right just like a kid when a child gets away with something and they're not punished next time it's worse next Mm -hmm. time it's and that's what's happening with our government we kept letting them do whatever they want and not reeling them in so yes. every term, it gets worse, sure. you know? And that's why it's time to do something. I, I want to I revisit two things real quick too, Tony, before I know we have to go. But one thing is when you said you want to introduce a bill, because I'm starting to see in my mind how we can fix some things. If you <laughs> can introduce a bill that says it cannot be more than X amount of pages and it has to be on one thing, you can't slide in. The, right. You can't slide in these things are unrelated. Can't you can't have an infrastructure bill that is giving crack pipes to people or whatever, right? It, it's got to be about infrastructure. If we could, can if we could keep bills to one thing, to right. one to whatever that topic is, and then we had a website that made it easy to go say, "Here's what Tony voted for." Oh, by the way, here's what Tony campaigned on. Here's what Tony said in his campaign. Here's how Tony voted. It wouldn't take long for Americans before they go to the poll. Do a quick rundown. What did he say? What did he do? Did he did he do what he said? I mean, I got to give Kamala Harris credit on one thing. And this may be the only thing I can ever get a credit on. When she got criticized, I believe it was last week, she said, well, you got what you voted for. That's essentially yeah. what she said. Yeah. Hey, she wasn't wrong. She wasn't That's wrong. Right. That's exactly what happened. And so, you know what? It's also okay to change your mind. There are times, yes. and that's okay. Like, yep. right. but be honest. Like, why did you change your mind? Huh? That's yep. right. right. So, I have already talked to a web developer, right? Yeah. Two different web developers about if, when I am elected, I'm going to build around my website bills that are coming up. I will give an explanation. And my constituents will have access to be able to provide feedback. Are you for it? Are you against it? 
I'll weigh it out. I'll say, hey, here's this bill. Here's the pros and cons of it. It does this. It does not do that. It has a funny name that makes you think it's going to save all the turtles. But what it really does is provides, you know, crack pipes or whatever. We Crazy stories, right? Like the infrastructure bill that you referenced. They literally changed the definition of infrastructure to include things that are clearly not what Americans call infrastructure. No. Why so, hasn't anybody done this, Tony? That like no other representative has even thought to do this. Accountability and money. I guarantee you it has to do with who they don't really want to be held accountable. And it costs a lot of money to run. I mean, it, it costs money to create this and run it, but it would be it would be prove anybody who's got real integrity, who really is a servant of the people to do right. it. Because right now we trust nobody. We trust nobody. Right. And the only way you're going to get trust is truth and transparency. Yeah. That's it. And so to me, that's just such a simple way to approach representation is to actually get feedback. You know, I tell people, ultimately speaking, there are three things that I will, I will reference when voting on any issue, the Ten Commandments, the Constitution, and the constituents. Those are the only three things I need to reference when voting for any bill. Yep. Not a corporation, not nope. big pharma, not the military industrial complex. None of those are included in what a representative should be focused on. Now they'll tell you, well, you clearly don't understand the big picture. <laughs> you got to go, man. Enough of that. Enough of that. Yeah. So that's to me, some things are simple and I get it. They're not always easy to implement or execute. Right. I, I, I clearly understand that from my background. Well, and Tony, but, are you connected to anybody running in other districts in the state through the country? Because I do believe there is such a huge need and space for people who are running on what you're running on, which is the idea of the truth and transparency and, and accountability, yeah. because it would be great. Not that I'm like trying to start a new movement here because God knows none of us have time for any of this, but we need some way to connect this and continue to further the message to the average American. Yeah. Well, here, here's some more reality and transparency. You'll <laughs> listen to candidates. And they'll say, I'm the most conservative ever. Like statistically speaking, that can't be possible, right? It's not possible for a thousand people to be the one. And but that's what they claim. And then they also claim to be a fighter. And I'm over here going, well, my definition of a fighter and a lot of these political types, it's two very different things, right? And they always have their talking points. It's the same stuff, right? The exact same things. Well, the reality is a new freshman representative has about this much influence, like nothing. So when they get to DC, they start looking for friends. They start nestling up to whoever they think the next speaker of the house is gonna be. They nestle up with whichever lobbyist knocks on their door so check it out i'm not a fool and i'm not even going to insult anyone's intelligence to tell you that i'm going to save the world's problems in my first time but here's what makes me different there are eight 
other Green Berets running for U.S. House around our country. There's a Ranger running for Senate. There's a combat vet, Sam Brown, running for Senate in Arizona. There are seven Navy SEALs running for U.S. House of Representatives, right? Sounds like a party, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds like a great group of men. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> you, want to, you want to get some things stirred up, right? Call the SEALs, man. Yeah. Uh, and then there are 30 or so other global war on terrorism veterans running. So not just special operations. We've got logistics, folks. What we have, if only half of us are elected, is a caucus, a group of people, like-minded people, because we all talk, right, who want to stop this Congress from continually doing what it's been doing, sending us to unjust and illegal wars, right? Again, for what? We're the type of people who have been exposed to this war, and we're willing to go fight right? Clearly. I have over 30 trips overseas to combat, right? I'm willing to go fight for America. If my commander in chief says we need to go do this, I'm going to roger up. But we've been abused. They have to start answering the for what. What is our in-state? What is our goals? And what is America going to get out of this? That's, that's what needs to be answered. And, and, and Tony, I, I know we could talk to you for, I literally could sit here for a whole nother hour and talk to you about so much of this, because again, <laughs> the average person doesn't seem to really understand it. And we didn't either. And this is where we're growing in our knowledge and understanding. We need but a I want to, I want to, I want to, we probably need to do a whole nother episode on this, but I want to close with this because I think you just led to it. And it was exactly what I've been wanting to ask you. The way we've treated veterans of this country is travesty, in my opinion. Uh, I just heard in a couple weeks ago a statistic from a Navy SEAL that we lose four times the number of soldiers to suicide than we do to war in this country. If you've ever been to a VA hospital, you know there's some issues. I love that, Tony, so much of what you've done from the gym to the American Oath Initiative is to give back to these veterans, empower them to continue their lives. Um, but and, and we know that the Veteran Affairs Committee that you mentioned earlier is like the lowest pack or the lowest committee right now in co- Congress. Americans nope. we need to wake up. Guess what the largest is? The largest is the pharmaceutical is where the pharmaceutical uh, people are, yeah. are entangled. Like the Ways and Means Committee. The Ways and Means, the smallest being the Veterans Affairs. But it is such a, a shame that we have allowed it to get to this point. So Tony, when it comes to veterans, what do you think we need to do to change this? Well, like so many federal agencies and programs, they need to be eliminated. Mm -hmm. And I know that might sound extreme, right? But we need the VA as much as we need the ATF. They could both go away. This... We need to put simply, it's just this simple. A military person should have a simple insurance card where they can leave their post and go to any doctor they choose. Yes. That's it. It's that. It's more competitive. It's going to get them better care. Ask any military member, you know, they're like, oh my God, I I needed shoulder, uh, shoulder surgery but I was scared to get operated on in, on the 
you know, by a military doctor because they don't care about us. So I just didn't have the surgery. That's those stories are a dime a dozen. I'm one of them. I, I have mean, a there are people that fight for our country. Yeah. I mean, there are people that like go and train. You're the fittest of the fit, physically strong, mentally strong. But then you're not. I mean, you are mentally mm. strong, but then it it kills you mentally. It kills well, you mentally and emotionally. And then so, there's no help, or it's you know, such a struggle to find help. It's really sad. Right. So the lowest common denominator in military suicides, and oftentimes in all suicides, is a lack of perceived purpose. You, you take a military member who all they ever wanted to be was a Marine or a Ranger or whatever, a pilot. They just wanted to serve. It didn't matter whether they're a logistics person or a combat you know, superstar ninja <laughs> group. Team, still team six, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who they are and, and what they did in the military. They had a purpose. They had a mission. And then they get out and they're lost. They don't have the structure. They don't, they don't know how to find jobs. And that... We oops, lost you. Sorry. My, phone, my phone offered me an update. Uh, <laughs> which don't we know... It. Because that's 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 just the indicator that they want me to go get the the new iPhone 13. Yep, they want you to get a new one. <laughs> no updates, but uh, you know it's it's a travesty because in this last appropriations bill that was just passed, you hear it called the omnibus, right? It's this huge bill. There were programs in there for veterans, like one of them that's very common. Uh, Smithfield Farms here in Eastern North Carolina. They have a program where a veteran can, can call them and go get on-the-job training for six or eight weeks. It's a it's a, a federal um, subsidized program, right? So the government gives Smithfield some money to help with these programs. So a veteran can go learn about agriculture and the business of hog farming, which is a lucrative business. And then at the end of that internship, can they'll have a job waiting for them with Smithfields right then and there provided. Now, this, this program was, was helped put in place by uh, Representative David Rouser, who is the District 7 representative. But my opponent, Greg Murphy, voted against them. And you ask why? Well, I would be willing to bet he would say, well, I, I didn't read it. I didn't know it was in there. But the reality is, you voted against it, and and this is this is just a, honestly that that's not even fair to Greg Murphy for me to give an assumption that he would say that. I'm only basing that on prior knowledge that he's done it before. He blamed someone else for his votes. The fact is, he voted nay to support these millions upon millions of dollars for veterans. Okay, so they don't have the support. Like I said, Greg was on the Veterans Affairs Committee for about this long. And then left it, right? It's just the fact that they don't care about our veterans. They're expendable. They don't vote, right? A lot of times veterans just don't vote. They get paid nothing, so they make no money. They can't contribute to the campaign. So on the priorities list, veterans are way down here on politicians. Well, for me, veterans, they're, they're, my, they're my family. They're the people I care about. I've spent my entire career 
trying to protect and help veterans in all ways, shapes, or forms. You know, even well beyond all of this, you know, if a veteran from across the country sent me a DM on Instagram and asked me for advice, I answered it. And if I couldn't give him a good answer, I went and found it or put him in contact with someone else. It's not that hard to represent and advocate for our most vulnerable, our most innocent, our most pure, real patriots. It's not difficult to advocate for them. It doesn't take much time. It just doesn't have money. It just, to be honest, it just does. I mean, I think a lot of it, what it comes down to is is money. And we, we use the term casualties of war, but it's almost like our veterans have become the casualties of war and certainly the casualties of political games. Because right. just for example, if you if you get put on the the uh, Veterans Affairs Committee and then you get moved up to the Ways and Means Committee, you know these, this is what we're talking about. It's the the politicians playing the game, and right. the people who get hurt in the end are the patriots. Yes, it's so it's so frustrating. You know, I was at a little event last night for Reconnaissance Marines. Is O three twenty one March twenty one O three twenty one is their MOS their identifier. <laughs> And so I went over there, you know, had 70, 100 reconnaissance Marines and other Marines, some retired special forces guys, and they are all, they're just like, thank you so much for stepping up. Mm. I don't even look at it like that way, right? It's just, it's something that we just need to do. But and I can see you starting a movement with the veterans, yeah. getting them to vote again. Yeah, like, I, I am that way. already talking to very influential veterans like your, your Instagram, social media uh, influencers, if you want to call that guys and gals who are military folks who now have half a million followers on Instagram. When I call them and talk to them because they're my brothers and I say, hey, man, you need to start thinking about running in 2024. Right. That's another parallel to what I'm doing is I'm already starting to groom the next bunch to run yeah, in and, and, to, and to continue to promote get out the vote but this time right. not getting out the vote to 18 year olds who couldn't pull their heads out of their rear ends i'm not saying they shouldn't vote too they should but back in the mtv days of my generation the get out the vote was was an attempt it seemed to get people like me to go vote when we don't even know what's happening in the world, but getting these veterans educated on the issues and getting them to the polls, because we do need, we do need them, regardless of how they're voting, we need their, uh, we need their experience and their expertise and their point of view represented. Sure. Yeah, you know? like I said, it's all about education and getting folks involved. Then, yeah. and let's face it, after the last election, people are, don't think their votes count. Well, yeah. that, that's a correction. They're going to be poll watchers, manning every single poll, every minute of the day this time. And, you know, I hate using the word hopefully, but hopefully we're going to squash all the fraud and fake votes, fake ballots. We should be able to put a real dent in that. And I didn't think voting and electing, you know, the whole process was still intact enough to work. You think I would waste my time, my energy, Melissa's time, her energy, and disrupt our our really good life to go do this? Absolutely not. America is still the best thing that a man that mankind, humankind, has ever created, and she's worth saving. Amen. Oh, that just gave me chills. 
And, and you know what? It takes everybody who sees that and believes that to yes. say something and do something. That's the message we want to leave you with today. You know, in the, in the, in the same way that Tony did not see himself political, certainly never saw himself probably running for office. He's doing something because he knows he can. And, and we started this podcast because we didn't ever see ourselves doing this, but we knew we could use our voices to continue to right. help bring truth and information to people so they could choose with their God-given right to choose what right. they want for themselves. And, and they needed to have all the information to make informed decisions. And so can we challenge our listeners, Tony, with you to do a couple things? One, speak up. If you know things, teach. If you've learned something, go teach it. Just like today, did you learn something on the podcast? I Go did. teach somebody <laughs> what you learned today and make sure they know how the system's working and not working. And then number two, know where to go to find information on the people you've elected to see if they're doing what they said. Number three, do something. We can't all start a podcast. We can't all run for office. But you will be given opportunities to do something to serve your country, to serve your fellow citizens, and to continue to fight the corruption and the things that are happening in this country that are taking America backwards. And all of us have a role to play. We cannot afford to put our heads in the sand anymore. You've seen that with Kristen and Amy saying, we had our heads in the sand. It was rainbows and unicorns. If it didn't affect us, we weren't voting about it. Guess what? We aren't there anymore. We can't afford to be. No. And also go vote like like yeah. change we one thing we learned was Locally. the primary elections yeah. and like it starts local and yep. your vote really does matter right okay if you really want to change something that's such an easy step to do tony's doing the hard part and you know we're not trying to force everybody or whatever say go vote for tony but you know you got our vote but yep. just but just to actually whoever's listening wherever you are find yep. out and go do something and well, stop voting in incumbents. Stop voting okay. in incumbents just because it sounds good. We got because guess what would happen if we could get all new people in in the next two election cycles in Congress? They could vote in the term limits because they would have no incentive not to. All right, right. Absolutely. And that's how you get the term limits. You get the incumbents out. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. yeah. Imagine, imagine this. Eight Green Berets, seven Navy SEALs, 25, 30 veterans standing on the Capitol steps or on the Capitol floor with our arms crossed going, no more. We're yes. done. We're done. And that scares the living hell out of both establishment parties. Good. Right? They, Good. they don't want, they don't want folks like us that don't toe the line and fall in line. That's right. But either way, you know, if, if folks want to learn more about me, support yeah. me, you know, you don't have to be in my district or a voter to contribute, right? And like I told you before, my campaign finance, you can go look and see what I'm spending it on. It is only, only campaign things. I'm not spending it on stupid vacation trips or anything like that. I'm also, you can see where my money has come from, where where it's our money, right? It's, it's the campaign's money. It's an investment to get me to Capitol Hill to help offshoot this. But if you want to know more, you know, it is, it's TonyCalvin.com, www.TonyCalvin.com. I have videos on there of me talking about each issue. 
we ha now have a page with all the podcasts that I've been on. So if you want to get to know me, you know, there are great podcasts like this one where it's just me sitting and chatting, you know, no scripts, no nothing. Uh, I tell people the one with Jocko Willink is a really good one as well. We talk for Jocko. hours. Yeah, Jocko and I talk for four hours ah. and it's it's a really good conversation about me, my life experiences that you can get to really know me there without coming out to some political event. I get it. Yeah. Nobody wants to come out on a Wednesday night after just leaving soccer practice with their kids to listen to some you know, candidate talk about how he's going to save America. Right. I understand. You think I've never been to any of those in my life until I started having them. <laughs> so you want to know more about me? That's where you can find out. Of course, I'm on Facebook, Tony Cowden, and Instagram, Tony underscore Cowden underscore four NC. But it's all searchable, all easily found. So far, my social media hasn't been really smashed or shadow banned or anything like that. I don't know how. Like Kristen's, Kristen. Like yeah. Well, yeah. I think what we're going to do is we're going to put these links together too on a resource page, so you can not only find Tony. Tony, we'd love to also link back to those other military uh, members that are running as well. Since we mentioned them, we've talked about them. We don't know what they stand for, but we'll put them out there for you to find. Because it's uh, just like Tony said, we don't have to be in a district to try to help a candidate who will go to Congress who will affect us. They all right. affect us. Right. Um, you know, you know. It, it, it behooves us to know and support people uh, who are trying to do the right thing right. and not do the thing that gets them more money and power. So. And that's Part of the process too, right? People will think, well, well, it's not my district. It's not my state. And I ask them, you mean to tell me what Nancy Pelosi has done for the last 30 years doesn't affect you and Trust your me, state? San Francisco has screwed a lot of people and no pun intended, uh, but, it, yeah. <laughs> but that is what happened. That is That's what right. happened. That's Sorry, right. that was too much of my opinion in that one. Sorry, uh, I, I was born on the right. I always acknowledge my biases. That's <laughs> one of mine. But I don't think you have to be born on the right to think Nancy Pelosi is a disaster and a reason for term limits. Anyway, um, Tony, thank you so much for being with us today. We thank appreciate you. you. We we want to talk more in the, in the future, certainly after you get elected as well, to talk about what you're seeing happening. We want the insider info. We want to hear all the things that we know America needs to know that's going on in there. I hope you get elected for that reason so that we can get the scoop. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for the conversation and having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank oh, you. And thank you for the courage to step up and do this. Because I know that, I mean, we know you have courage, but well, this is a whole different kind. Oh, yeah. a whole, <laughs> right on. And yeah, right. I'll see you guys soon on the range. We got to get that yeah. next range. Session set up. Coming. We're ready. We're ready. I already told Nick. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna come join him too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. We appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Bye.